coming to you live from inside the globe, perched high atop the Bugle Planet building in sunny Gotham City. It's Hey Kids Comics with two guys who are always ready to seduce the innocent, your hosts, Andrew Farmer and the Jedi Cole Houston. And now it's time for Hey Kids Comics. Roy G. Bivolo. Roy G. I'm just doing my vocal warm-up. Roy G. Bivolo. Roy G. Bivolo. Roy G. Bivolo. This is Hank Hits Comics. I am Andrew Farmer. With me, as always, the Jedi Cole Houston. Cole, say Roy G. Bivolo to these people. I'm now Roy G. Bivolo Cole. Bivolo? I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll figure it out. Um... So this is the the issue in a story arc where we now have forgotten that we were doing a story arc and had to remind ourselves that we were doing a story arc. So if you think the last one was punchy, arc? yeah, right. If you think the last one was punchy, that this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Um, and we are still in the middle of roguish eyes. I don't remember the whole title, um, the whole that British. Uh, uh, British uh, Explorer title from the book in the last episode that you know we've named these episodes that we have. Um, Cole, do you remember the whole the kit and caboodle? Well, the irony is I just had the damn thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we are. Yeah, uh, this is Roguish Eyes Three Flash Mob. I'm so okay. pissed I didn't remember that last time. Uh, this is uh, Flash Mob Part Four: Sights and Sounds. Sights and Sounds. Um, this one is going to be interesting because we've got a lot of ground to cover um, in the next hour. Um, we've covered, uh, God, I can't even remember what we've covered now. The top, we've covered the top and his psychic Captain abilities. Captain Boomerang and the top. Right, so the saddest the saddest characters. We did, yes, we did. The, the thousand yard stare, Larry <laughs> Hammond, all con characters. Uh, for the record, off topic, I know I said we weren't going to digress, but here's the digression. There have been a lot of uh, interviews recently with old Larry because of um, because of the G.I. Joe toy line that's come out, the movie, oh, the, yeah. new, the new comics. The, every, like, G, there's, a, there's a bit of a G.I. Joe renaissance happening, um, and Larry's been in the, uh, in the trades a little bit, and every picture they use... <laughs> God, I every picture of Larry Hava is just him staring into the middle distance. <laughs> and I just, I'm just like this poor guy, this guy, just telling horrible Vietnam stories in a panel at all con. Like, come on, man, come on. <laughs> Love him. Did I tell you about the Colonel Kurtz level horror? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, Tunnel Rat. Let me tell you how I came up with Tunnel Rat. No, please don't, Larry. Please yeah. don't. Your luckily, children. my yeah. Luckily, my notebook was only bloodied on one half of the pages, so I was able to write notes about Tunnel Rat while in a tunnel. <laughs> Just no. I I wrote down the origin while it happened. Like yeah. no, no, Larry. There's children here. Please. You want to know the, the original? Times. You want to know the original working origin of Ice Cream Soldier? No, you don't. Trust me. Speaking <laughs> of, G.I. Joe Classifieds, get off your ass and make an Ice Cream Soldier. You made Pimp Destro already. <laughs> it's, time, it's time to make Eddie and I extremely happy and, and make okay. a 7-inch Ice Cream Soldier. What we need is for summer 2021, 
And don't you dare make these exclusives to San Diego. Or Target. Or Target, yeah. Some fuckers. Damn it. Uh, summer 2021, we need, like, the summer of Hasbro. And what do you? What do people love at summertime? Yeah, I think they like uh, tasty they like ice cream. treats. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So for the G.I. Joe line, Ice Cream Soldier. For the Star Wars Black Series, Will Rohood. In his ice cream maker. maker. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and for Transformers, I don't know, Optimus Prime in ice cream colors, because there's a thousand of them anyway. So just... Oh, I just have a new, new character, Ice Cream. It's a truck. It's an ice cream yeah. truck. It's an ice shit. cream truck. It's it's humor bot. <laughs> shit! Why why do they hire us? Why have there <laughs> never been an ice cream truck transformer? What? Oh, and the thing is, it should be a Decepticon because, frankly, that's what every ice cream truck is. <laughs> that's true. That's I mean, if true. you really put some thought into it, every damned ice cream truck is just another damned Decepticon. That's true. That's true. Okay. They drive on a road paved in children's tears. They do with that creepy song that they yeah. play, that racist-ass Civil War tune. It's either the turkey in the straw or... Well, you know, it used to be Turkey in the Straw or The Entertainer. It did used to and be The nowadays, Entertainer. nowadays, the, the local trucks around here, when they were still running, were playing like some sort of, I, I don't know if it was Cubert or Supermarket or Car or what. Down, out, out, down, out, down, out. Were they playing the one that was like, that, that was the, dun, 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 but then... But then, about halfway through the song, it, it when when the when it breaks, it, there's a a child's like creepy child voice that goes, "Hello." Oh, and I've then, heard that. Th- that's not okay. No, that's not okay. No, also, that's, uh, like the, that's like the kid from "It's Alive." If that baby had grown up, <laughs> that's the voice that baby would have. File that away. Speaking of creepy, uh, big ups years. to. Uh, Mom and Dad, who um, oh this year uh, for my birthday, um, which this is the birthday episode, uh, got me a clown shirt because they thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> uh, big up. First time, I think, in my life that I've ever called my parents assholes. Um, <laughs> well, I couldn't find a really good Canada Goose shirt to send you. Okay. So I'm sending you a shirt of the Salt Vampire. Oh, God, I was just talking about the salt vampire with somebody. Oh, God. All right, but that's not why we're here tonight. We're here to talk. I told you, we get punchy on the boards. His face has shown us. Um, we're here to talk about the uh, the bridesmaids <laughs> of Flash's rogues gallery. Never, never gets to walk down the aisle, but always catches the bouquet at some point. Those remaining... We're saving the big guns for last, so you're yeah. not going to hear about those until next literally. week or the week after next. The, um, the next issue, but yeah, literally the big guns. But uh, that doesn't mean that there's not a snart in no. this episode. There is a snart, just not the snart you think. It's um, the snart we deserve. It's not the snart you wanted. It is the snart you deserve, you mouth-breathing knuckle-draggers that listen <laughs> to this show like us. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to cover about five of the remaining rogues before we get to the big two. Um, you know, this is the this is the boring part of Ken Burns' Civil War, where yeah. the camera just pans and the music plays, <laughs> and they cover the years where nothing much happened. Um, they, they bring out bombastic historian guy. Right. Eyebrows McGee. Not every one of Flash's 
rogues gallery were exciting. For for every Captain Cold, there was a top. Um, right. So tonight we're gonna hit uh, five big ones that we'll go through as we go. Um, and there have been a ton of rogues, but these are the rogues. These are ones that were officially in the Silver Age in the Rogues Gallery. So uh, yeah. I would like to start, if it's okay with Cole, because um, if he has the um, the research pulled up, the just the picture. A matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna post that it's immediately really into our chat so that he can see. I want to start with the trickster because. You don't want me to have to look for it. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm I don't want you to it. have to dig around for it. But Cole, I just posted the picture. Ah. Look at talk about all legs. This it, guy is LaFell's nightmare. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look at those feet. <laughs> I mean, he has three that is, legs. That is easily a size twelve boot or a size one hundred LaFell boot. So, uh, Trickster was a circus performer, of course, because, again, we've stated this it, as recently as uh, three issues ago, that circus, that the circus is, a, is, a, is the best, worst place to get your origin story as a hero or a villain, be it Nightwing or Trickster. Um, I want to say this up front. All five of these villains we're going to talk about, <laughs> and most of Flash's villains in general, have... What we what we discussed back in um, I God I don't know you would know better than I do since you're now the historian for the show uh, <laughs> as magical technology like technology that's to a point where it just stops making any kind of logical sense. I think there is a level of uh, Ian Malconian Malcomian logic here. Okay. Or, or what he rails against is the just because you can doesn't mean you should. Ha ha. But it, there are. Okay, you know, I've been listening. I actually am, uh, just finished the 251st issue of this show today. Okay. Listening back. There's a few hiccups where the wrong uh, show is loaded, but, you know, including specials and stuff, I've listened to over 250 issues of this show by now. And um, there, there was a uh, something that sprung to mind that's now uh, has escaped me. <laughs> but there, there was uh, one of the things that we see. Uh, this is what you would call the uh, the Sauron logic. Okay. Technology. Uh, you may not even remember this because God knows I don't remember anything um, from. All of these episodes, even rehearing them, I've forgotten most of what I thankfully wrote down. But there was this wonderful anecdote about Sauron versus Spider-Man. Okay. And Sauron was using his dino ray or something like that to turn human beings Oh, the cancer, yes. Yes, the cancer, yes. The Spider-Man remarks, you know, with that kind of capability and technology you can cure cancer he said i don't want to cure cancer i want to turn people into i don't want to use it to cure cancer i I don't want to cure cancer i want to make goofy ass tech you know i don't want to make better medical equipment i don't want to make better engineering i want to make goofball bombs but if this guy like because the whole the whole shtick of where the trickster started now trickster is one of those villains that that comes around um, Pied Piper and Trickster in particular and become sort of good guys, you know, start start trying to redeem themselves and, and get on the path of redemption with the Flash. But um, 
Trickster was uh, a, a circus performer who developed shoes that allowed him to walk on compressed air. So I want you to just think about the science there. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? It, what boggles is I, I'm still trying to put my head around the idea of the capability of the shoes to walk on compressed air. Right. But their inability to walk on elemental air. Correct. And if they were to be able to just walk on compressed air, how does that help you in your high-flying trapeze act when, if I'm imagining the compressed air right, it's going to work sort of like a uh, hover boat where you're only going to get four to six inches off the ground because this stuff is pushing out compressed air. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, and and the, the volume of compressed air you need, I in mean, shoe. The, shoe, the, the capability of the shoe notwithstanding, the, the, I guess, yeah, it, it comes down to what altitude you want to achieve. So if you want to look like you're on rollerblades, but you're not, or yeah, like right. an invisible exactly. version of, the, Correct. of those That's silly, my point. Yeah. Of those, those annoying spring skates that probably caused, you know, we didn't have the internet way back then, but I'm sure there would have been um, like some sort of hoverboard level outrage about all these broken children. You know, but he definitely dresses like a like a jester. Yeah, he's dressed a lot like Madcap, I think is who I'm. Yeah, thinking. yeah. Except a lot more leather, but he he loves them stripy yellow pants, yellow and black striped yeah. pants. What I would refer to as a pantaloon of sorts. Yeah, and I I think you know if you want to look like one of those peanut butter bars they used to sell. <laughs> peanut peanut butter bars. Peanut butter bar. Uh, peanut butter bar, interesting enough, was a favorite of one Matter Eater lad. Was he? Was it? Was it now? <laughs> yes, indeed, it was. <laughs> yeah, but he he does. He's a gimmicky guy. But the thing about like his gimmicky guys, right? You get you've got guys that are already gimmicky in your rogues. You yeah. got the top, who is. The top and Captain Boomerang both laser focused on their particular gimmick. Oh yes, absolutely. There, I mean, for Boomerang, there is not but the Boomerang. Correct. He is. He is. I mean, the Boomerang filled yeah. with Boomerang. But you know, granted, the Boomerang comes with many uh, in many a size and shape. That's been well established. But there's, uh, it's still all about the Boomerang. Yeah. Whereas Trickster kind of i think basically like rifles through the joker's dumpster yeah and and and, and does some trash picking for from well, the joker's goes, dumpster he goes to the the joker's yard sale yeah. oh yeah well uh, these were just not really my flavor but you, maybe you would like them you don't do your um joker impression enough anymore no i it, don't it's a I solid don't. you do a solid mark hamill doing the joker yeah. I should do like a uh, a stage thing at at Alcon next year with uh, Fluke Skywalker. You one hundred percent. Oh, you should. could be Luke and I could be the Joker. That would be that would be uh, that'd be good. You should it do would, it, it because it, it, uh, in all honesty, no 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 bit here. Oh yeah, I think if we do a, a if he does Luke and I do the Joker, and we could just do a, a brief reading of like say Hamlet and Laertes. <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. 
Yeah, class the joint up a bit, you know. <laughs> right, because that's what you need. That's the way to class it up. Yeah. Um, but yes, he also – so here's another tidbit about his uh, shoes. So uh, well, there, There's more to the shoes than the compressed air. Yes. Well, I think it's it, it ties so, back so, to the compressed air. And when he, the, he's walking around, he sounds like a roller coaster. Right. Coming to a halt. It, yes, yeah, he has those air brakes. Yeah. Um, they allow him to fly for up to 10 hours. If by fly, you mean hover three and a quarter inches off the ground? I. How is he producing the air that's coming I, out of these shoes? He would, be, he would basically be vaporizing people beneath him. Right. With the level of compressed air that would be necessary. It would be like you were in the... Uh, business end of a sandblaster right right like if you were under him like, you're he's screwed just like pulping pedestrians left and right also pulping pedestrians is the latest uh, album from Ultron cafe <laughs> is it yes indeed oh they've they've decided to record a, a studio album during yes quarantine. indeed it, okay they, they had nothing better to do they're all in their in their various home studios which is why you get a little bit of a drift in the sound quality but they they said they actually uh, think they may stick with that. That's like yeah. They thing. said they did it on purpose. Yeah. I, I don't know if I believe them. Yeah. Well, you know, you you believe what you want to believe here. But they but definitely you. said they did it on purpose. Um, yeah. But this is one of those um, one of those villains who was a hangers was a hanger on in the rogues was was kind of a third tier rogue. You know, used a bunch of gimmicks like a. Like spring-loaded uh, peanut brittle bombs and hard candy uh, explosives and like just weird, you know, like I said, like stuff you would find in the Joker's dumpster. Uh, yeah, I, I can see like hard candy caltrips, you know, to to throw at the uh, pursuing police cars. Sure, sure. To, just, to rip their tires apart. You would be writing a better comic than they wrote for Trickster. <laughs> Um, How often does that happen on this show? You know? But at some point, he comes around and uh, realizes that uh, that the life of crime is not for him. And uh, in taking a page out of your book, Cole, wow, decides that he's after after the incarceration of the rogues. Okay, uh, he goes around and cleans up all of their technology and their weaponry so it can't fall into the wrong hands. So we don't have a Avengers. Uh, shield oh, situation wow. on our hands. Um, well, he just takes it upon himself to like, oh, hey, uh, hey, Boomerang, how's it going? He's like surreptitiously sweeping Boomerangs into a trash bag. <laughs> right, and well, well Boomerang is, in, is in Iron Heights at the time. Oh, okay. So he just kind of wanders to their lairs while they're not there to look. Right, and, and cleans them up so that, you know, so that no... But he uh, made one mistake. Most of those boomerangs were razor edge and tore the bottom straight out of that bag. Oh, I was going to say, did he did he accidentally step on one? <laughs> and now his shoes are shot. His special special That's shoes right. are shot. Well, actually, what happened was he uh, he uh, he blew out a flip flop. Oh, did he? Did he step? Stepped Cole, on did a, he step yeah. on a pop top? On a pop top. He cut his heel. Back home, didn't he? Back home, he couldn't cruise on a blanket of air that was. <laughs> it was like. Turning people's flesh into gelatin. But, uh, this, is, this is and the origin story of how Jimmy Buffett became the trickster. Um, oh, that's great. Speaking of music, 
speaking of music, uh, let's move on to uh, the Pied Piper. Now, keep in mind, all of these guys were created at roughly the same time by John Broom and uh, Carmine Infantino. Uh, right at that time where they break out of Iron Heights and become, I guess, permanent members of the Rogues forever. That's another weird thing, Cole. Well, if you, especially if, as a permanent member of the Rogues, you're stealing all their stuff in the name of good. Well, you're, but you're, yeah, you're turning it over. But that was late. That was well yeah. after. Um, no, but t- can we talk for a second about having um, having being broke out of prison by Gorilla Grodd in a Grodd yeah. in, a, in, a, in a fit of Grodd rage? Aren't I mean you're probably you're probably know um, each other well enough, right? You're all in prison together. You all are Flash villains, you know, disparate Flash villains competing, you know, to 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 be, I guess, arch nemeses, whatever you might be. But to then leave prison because you were broken out all at the same time, and then be joined at the hip for the next eighty years, it's kind of exactly. Odd. You know, it's. it's... Well, I, I think part of the logic is okay. Let me let me set this. Yeah, here we go. Here we go for you. I've already got it all worked out now. Uh, is as arch criminals, especially as foes of the Flash. Okay. It does not take a statistician to work out the odds that are in the favor of your incarceration at intervals, ad nauseum. Um, So, in a sense, all of you intermittently in and out of prison on a constant. Yeah. So, in a way, it's a truncated life sentence that apparently only the trickster came to recognize. Uh, and, and the Pied Piper, with all due and respect. Okay. And so, Captain Cold at one point. Um, th- they all make the turn at some point, yeah. with the exception of Gorilla Grodd. He's just a pissed-off monkey, dude. Early on, I think the, the logic was, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, across the board. We're all lifers. And the good and the bad. Okay. Plus, if you're in on the ground floor, this is like getting in on. I'm going to do my uh, my condo pitch for you here because if you come in on the ground floor. Okay, this is your MLM. Yeah, I'm you into get, this. You get the lifetime membership. I mean, wasn't that really what well, this was on, on phase two? <laughs> they got to pay year to year annually. Is it? You is it? Have the opportunity at the sole <laughs> offering of the lifetime membership now. Who wants to sign? Isn't uh, the Rogues, Flash's Rogues Gallery, just an MLM that uh, Captain Cold looped him into? I got, guys, I got this great opportunity. Um, We're going to all become Flash villains together. Yeah, well, Grodd is effectively the gorilla of all. Well, but but the thing, I think the most interesting thing about including Grodd in this story arc is he was never a rogue. But he created the rogues by breaking them all out just because he wanted out. Yeah. Which is really, there would be no rogues gallery if Grodd hadn't been in prison at that time. And the thing about Grodd's plan is, okay, in prison, I mean, ideally, I give you, depending on the period this was written, maybe they're all in jail in their costumes. Right. But in prison, if you see 40 guys running around and you know maybe they got a change of clothes that's been arranged and you see one gorilla tell me who's the easiest mark <laughs> right 
We've got 40 escaped humans and one gorilla. Uh, say again, Chief, one gorilla. <laughs> All right. Here's our boy. <laughs> right. We've got. And then you get some of those giant, like, arm cuffs and just throw them on him. <laughs> well, you know, you've got one gorilla and seven white dudes that look yeah. almost exactly the same. Exactly. Almost like anybody else in the world. <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about um, Pied Piper for a second. Pied Piper is a, is a pretty. Oh, Pied Piper is a, a you know. He not only takes he takes bad to a new level. <laughs> Speaking of gimmicks, but here okay, so here's another thing about all these rogues that I don't know if bears fruit for all the for all these other uh, anybody else's rogues gallery. So you're gonna have to help me out here, Cole. Uh, so many of these rogues got their powers. First of all, they have the the weird you know scientific impossibility powers that they've developed but they've come from my rich dad funded a thing because i had a problem and then i just started using it for crimes yeah that's uh one of the fascinating things and the pied piper is one of those just laser focus kind of tech you know when you arrived at i don't know the very thing that in uh a very Hans Christian Andersen way, uh, a folklore kind of way, would put um, rodents in your sway. And you can use that on people brains. Right. I mean, to me, that, I don't, I'm not really sure of the longevity there, uh, but, you know, what kind of half-life this thing has, but... Um, but apparently it has a, 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 an extreme... Okay, so yeah, I mean, Half-life, why not? Because he's still running around doing it. Why not simply just, I don't know, be like Cobra Commander, only without an army? <laughs> I mean, you practically, literally, flutesman your way into an army. Oh, the flutesman. Oh, <laughs> the cardigan and the flutesman, baby! The flutesman, yeah. Oh, God, that brings back so many good memories. Uh, <laughs> no, but, so, my, okay, so... This is a chicken and the egg scenario with this dude because what came first? So first of all, he was a sonic genius, right? Like he he was really good at sound technologies from a very early age. And the first He's thing one that of those he does, guys who figured out how you can cut grooves in the road so when people drive over it, it plays the William Tell Overture. Right, right. He could have done that, but instead he invented a magic techno flute that could hypnotize people. Why does it, why is flute your first go to? That's my question for you. Why why go to flute? Did 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 the Pied Piper uh, uh, mythos come before creating the flute or after? Did he create a flute and then try to shoehorn it in, like creating a really good name for something? Well, maybe the original apparatus, as he's working it all out, the best effect is a more fifely shape than, say, uh, an ocarina sure. <laughs> or um, a flugelhorn. I, I would have liked to have seen Pied Piper I, running I, I around with a flugelhorn. I would have seen him and people just immediately <laughs> fall in line. I want to see Pied Piper in Trickster's shoes floating <laughs> through the city playing Chuck oh. Mangione's Feels So Good on there a flugelhorn. Go. Which I have on vinyl, by the way. So kiss my ass. 
I'll listen to Chuck Mangione's feel so good a lot. A lot. But yeah, he's... This is... The, I mean, this is pretty much the story of the Pied Piper until he uh, decides that the uh, the criminal life isn't for him and flips the script and becomes a um, almost a Robin Hood-esque character um, where he... Uh, uh, robs the bad guys or takes down the bad guys and then gives the money to homeless shelters and uh, soup kitchens. Damn it, Cole, what'd you call them? Uh, what? Soup kitchen. What? It wasn't even on the show. This was just in a phone conversation that we had. And God. I don't remember what it was, but it was the damn funniest thing in the world. Uh, soup kitchens. I'll conjure up what I call soup kitchen. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so he made the turn as well. Much like the tricks to remember anything I just I, I like said, even no matter when. I know. I just know we talked about it for like a half hour. Um, what? Okay, I got to read this passage. Okay, it's a passage from Wikipedia. I we don't usually reference Wikipedia straight from the pages on this show, uh, but I have to read it because it is too good not to read. <laughs> and then we're gonna move on. Um, I guess during the final crisis, uh, you know, ant- you know, uh, anti-life equation situation, um, uh, Dasad uh, gets control of Brother Eye, who is broadcasting the anti-life equation, and convinces the Piper to play the flute in order to a- to activate the anti-life equation. Oh wow! Um, That's some flute. Yeah, I'm guessing he's playing it through an amplifier of some sort, but. Uh, Old Pie Piper agrees to to do it, but figures out that Desaad was uh, the mastermind of like some shit that went down for him that wasn't great. Okay, uh, and, I bet uh, he was using the uh, flute from H.R. Puffin stuff. Probably. So he kills Desaad. Your hands on that thing, it squeals. So he kills a what is effectively an apocalyptic a new god with the flute. Okay, and then. Are we it. just trying to make this character impressive over right. at DC? Right. Um, and then in order to uh, end the Brother Eye uh, uh, broadcast of the Anti-Life Equation, plays The Show Must Go On by Queen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, to stop, to, to, to end the final crisis, basically. I, I think that, that was, uh, oddly enough, when that was written by uh, Freddie Mercury and Company, it was originally known as the anti-anti-life equation. Yeah, and I and I think um, the Quasong. It sh- it should be noted that he did start the final crisis by playing "Bicycle" by Queen on that flute. So it was a good uh, bookend for uh, that. He is, did not. He did not. I wish yeah, he did. That would be I, great. That I would have. Um, I was leaning toward uh, more like uh, what is it? Oh, there's like a Phil Collins song. That Take a be. look at me now. Coming in the air tonight. Susie Studio. Susie Studio is the anti-life equation. It really is, because you never stop thinking about it. It will ruin your life. There is a girl that has been on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So that's what we got for Piper. Um, Cole, what do you what do you know about Golden Glider? Golden Glider. Wow. He's um, well, he's golden. Okay, you're you've you've, he, you've missed you you already missed one. Yeah, <laughs> that he yeah. is a she, baby. Oh, that's right. 
she's the she's the sole female uh, official like rogues member. You know who I was thinking of? Who are you thinking of? Kite Man. See, and that's what I would go to. But she doesn't. She her gliding yeah, isn't she was, gliding. Uh, she's like the not well. Who was it? Um, uh, Tanya Harding. Yes, yes, yes. Of the DC universe. I mean, far. I, I don't think you could find a better analog. But she's also Lisa Snart. Oh. She is. She is. Snarty pants. Yes, yes. She's the first of two snarts we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, also, was the lover of the top because when you're an ice skater, you got to learn to spin. That's so true. Yep. I mean, who better to teach you than the vertigo-free top? So when the top dies, in a, in a due to uh, complications with a fight with the Flash. She decides to take up, she, she, she takes her orange ice skating costume, throws on a mask, gets on her skates. Because no one's going to remember her from the Winter Games two and a half years ago. <laughs> Correct. The Oslo or wherever they were in yeah. 1977. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, I remember uh, they had the Winter Games in 77. <laughs> and she has ice skates that create their own ice, Cole. That is... I mean, this is a shoe centric. This is a footwear centric episode of this show. It really is. I had no idea when we got going on this. Yeah, she has ice skates that create their own ice. And because of that, she can create ice explosives. She can also has I don't know whether she, you know, whether Punch and Judy or was it Punch and Julie in DC? Punch and Julie. In fact, uh Talking about gimmicks, I remember there was some, maybe like Titans book, where there was a character who was, I think, the daughter of Punch and Julie. And the, the there was some line about, well, my mom always said, you got to have a gimmick. I'm like, you're Julie's daughter? <laughs> they had children? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what from Punch. Just, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm serious. I. If he was cuckolded, so much the better. <laughs> um, that is, in my head, that's the only way that works. I, I don't mean to, you know, uh, to, to scuttle the entire uh, conversation here, but I, I just need to just, even for my own good, just tell me. But um, but I don't know whether uh, Punch and Julie's dumpster was right next to the Joker's, but she got a bunch <laughs> of, like, explosive jewelry. I think there was probably like a, a workspace, you know, like a shared oh, workspace. Oh, it's like a WeWork? <laughs> yeah, a WeWork for villains. villains. Yeah, and so a lot of stuff was just sort of laying in the trash can at the end of the day, and your low renters could come in and help themselves. Oh, Because so, yeah. so that's where it, you get ribbon tendrils. Yeah, whatever beer was left in the keg. Yeah, and, uh, and, and ribbon tendrils. And ribbon tendrils. Ribbon tendril. Um... So yeah, she was, she's an Olympic figure skater. She has this experimental pair of ice skates that create their own ice so that she can skate anywhere or well, in midair. She's like the, the box ice was, hands of the DC universe. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. It's, I mean, what I love about Flash's rogue is almost entirely, um, ridiculous. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that, Flash's Rose Gallery almost across the board cram more tech into less space. 
Oh, yeah. These are the most ridiculous villains in the world, but that that so eclipses their personal genius. They could be billionaires. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you're bright. Yeah, they could be billionaires if they harness the power, this 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 ability they have to to you know reduce the the footprint of all of these things and sold it. They could they could have made a startup and been billionaires, but instead they have skates that create their own ice, shoes that allow you to fly for ten hours on compressed <laughs> air. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that little hose at the gas station kind of snakes around a bit while you're trying to get it, but that isn't going to lift you off the ground like a fire hose or something. Right, and and they have uh, goggles that create hard light, uh, solid beams that each of the light colors gives you a different power. Yeah, or you can walk on light. Um. I'm just saying, guys, like uh, our next topic of conversation, the Rainbow Raider. See, professionals. Professionals. We just, we golden glided. Right into the Rainbow Raider. We golden glowed. I'm pretty sure that we are the only ones that golden glided right into the Rainbow Raider. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the case. And this is an Andy favorite. Oh, it is my favorite. Of all of the 355 issues of this show, all of the ridiculous names that we've read, that we've unearthed, that we've come up with ourselves, do not hold a candle, in my personal opinion, to the Rainbow Raiders' given name. (laughs) The, The Rainbow Raiders' given name, created in 1980... By Carrie Bates oh, and Don Heck. I didn't realize he was that young a character. Yeah, he's pretty young, even though even though that is over forty years old now, Cole. Yeah, but I mean, compared to some Flash characters who were near pushing a hundred, you know. That's true. That's true. I guess because I mean, I I was introduced to the Rainbow Raider uh, around the time of the Crisis on Infinite Earth. Sure. Or in that general corridor when. You know, I was becoming more and more familiar with the uh, various uh, DC pantheon of characters. And I guess I just sort of assumed everybody was at least 40 years old then. <laughs> well, Carrie, Carrie Bates has gone on record to say that the reason – so the Rainbow Raiders biography is he – so basically the Rainbow Raider is Hitler. Um, oh, okay. I just want to make sure that that's clear up front. He wanted to be an artist. He was completely colorblind. <laughs> he failed miserably. And because of that, he turned to a life of diabolical crime. Um, but only because his father, who was a ge- This is the only time you're ever going to hear this sentence, probably ever. A genius yeah. optometrist. <laughs> Again, you don't dads. often the, the volume of genius optometrists. Not ophthalmologists, mind you, optometrists. Yeah, dads, dads need to stop it. If you're a dad in the DC universe, stop, whatever you're planning on, if you're good at something, yeah. don't do anything for your children. Because Mama, don't let your babies yeah. grow up to be super villains. Right? <laughs> because seriously, seriously, this is what happens. So, dad created. Um, does he have one of those, you know, thing when you go to the ophthalmologist, um, optician, optometrist? They've got, and and you know, uh, 
Dr. Bivolo? Dr. Bivolo? Bivolo. Bivolo? I always heard it pronounced Kraken. Oh, uh, but, you know, you've got that thing they put in front of your face, the mega mask with the, the dial and eye. Yeah. And I think he has one that he created one that goes to 11. Well, I wish that this character wore one of them. Oh, that would be even better. Just like this really awkward, like nine pound piece of brick on his face. I say it looks like some sort of rejected Star Wars ship. Right. Like, I think that that would be a much more compelling character with this giant headpiece on his head, gliding around on a rainbow bridge uh, with this giant headpiece on his head would be. But so let me let me let me get through this origin because it's jacked up. It's not, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, so his dad said he was going to make a cure for his colorblindness with all of his genius. Um, made him, but instead, instead made him a pair of goggles that allowed him to create these beams of light out of solid rainbow colors. Um, and as his dad was dying, he's like, here, this is for you. You wanted to be an artist. I, I was going to cure your colorblindness, but instead I made you this insane weapon this insane weapon Cole <laughs> and all you got was enough money to get the sentinel that's right that's all I got I wanted a <laughs> pair of goggles that would shoot <laughs> colors out of them and let me fly around uh, it's, it's like uh, a half ass uh, Icarus and Daedalus it kind of is because it's like I didn't even make one for myself son or anyone else for that matter just for you because I know that you will put this ridiculous technology to the best possible use. Right. Well, and, and you know, it, 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 I have this question. The guy was dying and rushing to finish this technology that was going to cure color, the color blindness in his son so he could become an artist. Was one step before cure color blindness make a weapon? Like, was that the, the next st- phase in this technology was we're going to cure color blindness. But the first yeah. phase is create this weapon. First, well, I didn't you have get to, to weaponize it. it. Right. Because that's the only way you can test anything. In fact, I think what it was, he is actually even more brilliant than we realize. <laughs> okay. okay, look at look at Captain America, the first event. Okay. So, uh, Dr. Hunger Games there goes and creates a serum to turn, uh, he and, so he and Tony Stanley can, Tucci, otherwise known uh, as yeah. Dr. Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> Acclaimed Academy and Tony <laughs> Award winning actor, Dr. Hunger Games. Dr. Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, so that he and Tony Stark can turn some scrawny kid from the Bronx into a superhero by using a machine that injects this serum in an even numbered volume of doses out of an odd-numbered volume of dose box. Like, what do you think? (laughs) I just wanted, like, nine. Right, I wanted a baker's dozen. (laughs) uh, Yeah, so, at any rate, uh, and then that way, later on, he could run afoul of other Dr. Hunger Games. So, uh, he made... Toby Smith. He brought Toby Smith. (laughs) Dr. Hunger Games, too. Oh shit! Um, he uh, <laughs> so he uh, he mainly focused on art crime. 
That was his thing because he was real mad about the oh, fact yeah. that nobody would appreciate his art. As one would be. I mean, that would, that's the next inevitable phase. I guess. Um, he, uh, but his powers, now I'm not basing this on like the new 52 Rainbow Raiders. Yeah. Okay. Because, come on, you, you got a group, you got like the Royal Flush Gang, but they're all just wearing a, <laughs> a solid color from the rainbow and they have different oh, powers. Wow. I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm, I'm focused on the man himself. So he um, could project these solid beams of light that he could either like hit somebody with in the face, like with his eyes, yeah. like a shitty Cyclops, or he could create these rainbow like bridges that he could that he could surf sort of like a shitty ice man. So yeah, he's he was. a shitty he was like the, um, the, uh, ice, the Skittles ice man. <laughs> it's a, it's uh yeah, I mean, I just, they can't do this of course, but I think, you know, if, if back in the days, the old, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hostess ads. Yeah. Um, you know, Skittles could do a great ad campaign. <laughs> Where, you know, Rainbow Raider is menacing people and, and zapping them with the indigo and, um, and I don't know, green. Yeah, is one of them. Green. <laughs> green. Yes. Um, and then. Um, yes, Dr. Hunger Games. Green is a yeah, color. I, in the... I just wanted to double check with Dr. Hunger Games there. But, yeah, if they, uh, and then Flash comes along and it turns out he's just trying to get some Skittles. Yeah. And, and, he, and Flash turns like smashes him into his little uh, Bifrost bridge there. Sure. And it becomes Skittles. Yeah. And, and all says, the kids eat them. And Flash is like, taste the rainbow. <laughs> Punches him in the face and says, yeah. taste the rainbow. Yeah, it puts a little edge on, on the Yeah, things. yeah. It's a little darker yeah. than stealing a I, bunch I think, of pies. I think that that's uh, the way, you know, because uh, back in the hostess days, God's truth, there was a uh, some horticulturist. Who made these sentient evil plants, Rhoda Dendron, and Artie Choke, and Artie Choke was trying to choke the Hulk, which is a big mistake. I plant animal, you know, animal, mineral, vegetable. It's a bad idea. To choke. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's move on to let's move on to our final our final rogue before we have to wrap this up for the evening. Um, Samuel Scudder. <laughs> Old Sammy Scudder, almost almost as worthy of having a show of his own. If we had enough issues to do it, he would have been he would have been worthy of his own show. And that is Mirror Master. Oh, Mirror Master. Oh, yeah, I mean, with, with a name like Scudder, you kind of grew up your entire life just you know coming home with a bloody nose. I mean, this guy has some like some severe like this. Scudder needs therapy. Yeah. If any of them need therapy, Scudder needs therapy because Scudder was just a small time hood that was fixated. And this is the craziest. This is the craziest origin line <laughs> ever, especially for many of the rogues. And we've heard some winners. We went through Boomerang. We went through the top staring at a top until he got brain powers from spinning so fast. Well, I mean, the mind, as we said, the, the mind the thoughts spin, the, the mind rotates. It's, uh, I, I guess that's the, the science of it. Is, I, the thing that is, they don't tell you in the origins. He's, he was listening to Round and Round. Oh, by rat? rat. <laughs> yes. 
Well, that in, that in, in and of itself makes him a villain that needs to be yeah, uh, exactly. excised. But he was fixated on getting into mirrors. He had no means to get into mirrors. There was no reason. Why would you want to get into a mirror? But, you know, this wasn't like the top who was fixated with a physical object he had yeah. and it spun, you know. But, and it's not like he, you know, his parents ran a fun house or something. Right. He just would go into fun houses and halls of mirrors and just stare at them, trying to figure yeah. out how to get in there. I got to get in there. <laughs> I got to get in there, man. There's like, and it wasn't like he, like, read a whole lot of Alice in Wonderland, like, over and over. He taught himself 15 languages so he could reread it in every language, just on the off chance that it gives you superpowers. <laughs> but it did get him a good gig at the UN for a while. Right, and then the second, uh, the the second uh, Mirror Master was a, uh, and this the the irony is well written that he's the Mirror Master and he also was like a coke addict. That was like his that was like his thing. Okay, well, because I guess you know, that makes sense. You I know, mean, you got you've the already mirrors. got the mirror. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like I think that that's pretty pretty on the nose. That, that's a gimme. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It is but creative enough. Just and the funny thing is, not created by Jim Sh- <laughs> Right. I want to I mean, say... How tall was... I need to look at some stats. Uh, how tall was he? <laughs> I just wonder, like, you know, if he was 6'7", he may have been, like, you know, a thumb in the eye to Jim <laughs> Shooter. Yeah, but, but the other part to that is... You know, if, Scudder, Shooter... If it was a secret coke habit, even from the beginning of the origin that we just yeah. never talked about, it was one of those 50s things, that would 100% explain trying to get at your own reflection in a hall of mirrors. <laughs> and he also... So his power is, he's just got a bunch of mirrors. Yeah. And at some point, he has a laser gun, and I think at some point he has a gun that makes mirrors... Yeah, he has a mirror gun. He's got like this weird little gun with four little rectangular protrusions sticking out of it that mirrors things. And, um... But he also can create portals. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still trying to just get my head around the whole mirror gun thing. That's always been troublesome to work. Uh, I have to uh, say, though, that there was some... I think it was one of these, like, DC uh, directed these mini-heroes... And their mirror master figurine came with a little, like, mirrored sticker on a little disc so he could, like, you know, like a, like a little compact type. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm curious, though, being mirror master, has he ever been portrayed as a narcissist? Oh, yes. Oh, he liked the flashy suits and the women. He was that, he was that rogue, for sure. Like, he was portrayed in, like, the flashy clothes and the women. But he also could use the mirrors to travel to alternate realities. He was super powerful. Like, he would just escape into a mirror, just be like, whoop, there I go, like Three Stooges style. Exactly, and he would come out with a beard. (laughs) Yes, yes, he would. A goatee and no shirt on and a sash. Shave it off. And a saber. And he kept trying to sword fight people. That's right. Um... That's why the Arrowverse uh, Mirror Master is uh, not clean-shaven, because he's, like, fresh out of the Mirror Universe. Fresh out of the Mirror Universe. Um, I do need to say this. uh, In the the John Wesley Ship Flash series, Mirror Master was portrayed by none other 
than David Cassidy. <laughs> oh my god. That show needs to be revisited. Yes, it does. I, I need, need to, to watch, watch it. Yeah, and we you need know, to do a all... show on it. Oh. Mirror Master, it's just, what is remarkable, I think, the most remarkable thing, if you want to to really explore, you know, Batman's got the odd oddball amid his rogues gallery. Right. Who were uh, the, the best and the brightest, of course, were part of the very first roguish eyes. Right. Flash, I don't know. Batman's got a few oddballs in the mix, of course. Tweedledee and Tweedledum, um, the Mad Hathaw. And, you know, there are a handful of, of odd ones. There are a handful of, you know, raise your eyebrow ones. Sure. But the Flash, I mean, almost top to bottom. It's like a box of animal crackers. It's just completely, you know, this is like planners. It's nuts. Top to bottom. Oh, across the board. There is yeah. no one, and, and we still haven't gotten to Snart and Heatwave, you know, in, a, yeah. in the last two, but every single Flash villain that we've talked about has been, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs banana times, with the exception of maybe Grodd. Maybe yeah. Grodd. And, and Grodd somehow just hangs on the edge like a gorilla on a tightrope, because... As a psychic or a telekinetic gorilla, yeah, it's like you know I'm just as ridiculous and stupid as the rest of you, but I'm a gorilla, right? It's like you know, it's like I'm McLovin. You I'm get a, a pass. Yeah, I, you get a I, pass when you're the gorilla. You know, gorilla Grodd gets to go hang out with the cool cops, right? Everybody else has misadventures and and beer in uh detergent bottles and stuff, but Grodd gets to go out and have all the fun and blow up a police car. We need to rewatch this Flash <laughs> show and talk about it, because I clicked, I went down the Flash rabbit hole while you were talking, and I'm just going to run down the list of, um, of actors, okay? Just real quick, so that you can know uh, some of these names of people in, in the show. First of all, David Cassidy, right? We talked about that. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is in it. Um, Denise Crosby, otherwise known as Oh my God, Tasha. Tasha, Tasha. Tasha. Um, not to be not to be outdone in the Star Wars category. Uh, a couple of them. Um, uh, Jerry Ryan is in it, um, which is, has to be really early for Jerry Ryan in in 1990, 1991. Um, Bill Mooney is in it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many, so many, like, Tim Thomerson's in it, baby, as Jay Allen. That's right. Tim wow. Thomerson played Jay Allen. <laughs> old, old trancers. Tim Thomerson. Oh, wow. God. I knew I knew that name, but I could not place it. So, yes. Um, Brian Cranston, Mark DeCostas. Uh, dude, we gotta, we gotta go back and watch this shit. That's, that's all there is to it. Okay. All right, so those are your... Just, just for the record, Cranston should have been Captain Cold. Y yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree I, with that. I, you know, people will make that connection. I, I, think, that, I think that he uh, was, a little old, was a little young back then yeah. for what they were going. Uh, a lot of these episodes of uh, The Flash were written by Howard Chaikin. 
Good Lord. I did not know that. How did I get that. that on television? Right. <laughs> I mean, if you know late period shaken. Right. You be shaken in your boots, man. I was like, this is, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> this is wild. I got to go, I got to revisit this show because I'm, I, I think it deserves another shot. All right. So those are your rogues. Next week or next episode issue, whatever you want to call it. We're going to be discussing cold and heat, and that is going to be the final issue in this Flash's Rogues Gallery um, uh, story arc. Cole, do you have any final thoughts on uh, on I this think, before we close I it up? I think I slipped my final thought a little early, and that's um, <laughs> did you that that really it's just it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, how is. Flash? I mean, you know. He must, like, have the fast laugh down, because how do you keep from just laughing your ass off every time you open the flash ring and, and you know, let fly with the suit? Because you're going to have to go and fight some of the most ridiculous villains out there. But I think when you are – but I think – I want to get into this more in, in the next issue. But I think that when you are um, that powerful – when you are that important, when you are DC's weapon of choice, when it comes to things like restarting your universe or running, I mean, the dude can make multiples of himself. He can travel in time pretty much at a whim. You know, he can laugh. I forget the stat for laughing the earth that he kind of does yeah. a jaunty pace, you know, not even all out. Yeah, sometimes think, like, like at the roller rink, he'll do like the backward skate. And... Right. I'll get uh, jo Joni Quick to come and do, like, couple skate. <laughs> I think that when you have that kind of power, you need these kind of villains. You can't constantly be bombarded by Darkseid. You know, you've got those villains, and we, we they aren't rogues in the rogues alley, so we're not even going to discuss guys like Zoom or, or Savitar or Godspeed, the real speed threats to the Flash. Um, you need these villains to balance your day or you become Batman. Yeah. You become the dark and brooding speedster unless you have, unless you're dealing with, you know, uh, rock candy caltrips and uh, ribbon <laughs> and exploding ribbon tendrils all day. I think maybe. All right. Well, why don't you uh, wrap us up? Uh, we'll say what we need to say, and then we'll uh, bow out for this week. Absolutely. I, Again, this has been a fun journey through some crazy, crazy villains. And um, I'm really – I love that, that the roguish eyes lends itself so beautifully. Uh, you know, Batman, Spider-Man, now Flash. Yes. Um, I think there may actually even be another roguish eyes on the schedule that I probably added a year ago. So I can't tell you off the top of my head exactly <laughs> – what the next roguish eyes is, but um, I know that the, it's one I'm, I really enjoy revisiting because there are lots of uh, characters out there that have sort of a built-in rogues gallery of their own, as it were. Yeah, and I think if, if you need another one for the, you know, for the schedule, might I suggest? And it might take us. It might take a little work, but I don't think it's as much as you think it'll take. Is uh, Daredevil. 
Daredevil's a good one. Marvel would be next on the uh, agenda, and um, I think we'll have uh, Roguish Eyes 4. I'm going to call it right now. Uh, Roguish Eyes 4, Devil May Care. Oh, I was going to say, Roguish Eyes lends itself really well to some Daredevil puns. Oh, yes, it does. (laughs) Oh, kind of like the eyes are different with uh, Forrest Whitaker and Star Wars. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> damn you damn you all right give us some plugs let's go <laughs> on that note i don't want to piss off forrest whitaker he's a scary <laughs> dude <laughs> that is so true so uh we are coming to you from the jedi cold universe at jedi com. You can write to us at, uh, for now, we'll say jcmail at yahoo.com. I think there actually was a Hey Kids Comics email address that in listening to old episodes, I realized I'd forgotten. Right. And so I actually had a note of it somewhere in my giant pile. 250-plus um, episodes, One the, the 250th episode was two and a half hours. I had to use two sheets. We just went for it. We were- yeah. The the five hundredth episode will be longer. Yeah, five hundredth our... episode will have an intermission. That's, that's right. It'll be a Scorsese. Like, like, why would you need an intermission? You can stop it anytime you want. You shut up. That's we'll like having an intermission music. on a really long ass straight to DVD movie. I mean, we'll, we'll, just do, we'll just play some music for fifteen minutes. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> and we're back oh god um so uh and check out the uh the various social media that our social media man will tell you about oh yeah the eight at hk comics show all over the place cole do we have uh at least a burgeoning announcement about next week's uh feed drop at this point are we still holding on to that feed drop well we uh actually let's just say for right now that next week in addition to this show, there's a brand new audio. We have not had a damn brand new show on the JCU and for freaking ever. So uh, I'm, I'm proud to announce that thanks to uh, Andy uh, being another me and finding more things for us to do, we have a brand new show coming up that is very complimentary. To, to, I'd say the JCU in, in toto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would I would say that's true. Um, all right. Well, with on that note, uh, buy, collect, enjoy your comics. Uh, keep spreading that four color love, or that. Uh, let's see, R- Roy G. Bivol, uh nine color love. I think it's uh, Roy G. Bivolove. Bivolove. Keep spreading that four color Roy G. Bivolove, which is now <laughs> our nine home. color love. That right. is how we're closing the store from this. The, that's how we're closing the show from now on. Keep spreading that Roy G. Bivolove. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week with the conclusion of Flash Mob. If you can't stand the heat. There you go. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>